This is Lori Koppelman. Thank you for joining us for the ninth episode of the Clutter Chronicles podcast, One Woman's Journey Through Stuff. The Clutter Chronicles podcast is an ongoing conversation with Mary, who describes herself as a recovering hoarder. Mary lets me ask her anything I want to help me understand how she got here and how she is going about the recovery process. At this point, we have wrapped up how Mary got here, and we'll start talking more about where she is right now. And where she is right now is trying to get shit out the door. Hi, it's Lori. And Mary. And we're back. (laughs) Because we're not done talking, and there's still more to say on this topic of hoarding. And we talked just uh, a little bit ago about a bunch of stuff. Um, and we wanted to get back to this haul that you were taking to a vintage clothing seller. Mm-hmm. And we need to get up to date on that. And, uh, and then we're going to see what else comes up. So tell, tell us how that transpired. Okay. Didn't you say you had 200, 200 items, items for her? Of women's clothing? Women's Just clothing. women's? Okay. Yep. yep. That you spoke so fondly of that I <laughs> lost track. Of our conversation, that stuff? <laughs> yes. Is that the stuff? Okay. Yes. So, um, so I had set the date to be last Friday, which was the same day of my mom's birthday. And the significance of that is that she died the, the next day, Saturday. So the day after that is 9-11. So for the last, I don't know, eight years, it's been this trifecta of... The ninth being my mom's birthday, the tenth being her death day, and the eleventh being uh, 9-11. And I've just been struck by that as um, something to keep in mind that there are bigger, more important things in the world. And that, you know, trying trying to lure myself out of this hole I'm in. Mm-hmm. And um, so I set this appointment for 4 o'clock on Friday with the idea that mom could be helping me from above and that four o'clock was good because I had all day to procrastinate and or make progress. And um, I had a couple things come up during the week that interfered with my prep. And I had to, I was kind of panicking because I had pulled everything out but then wasn't sure if I was ready and it takes time to load it in the car and I had notes from her when I talked about how she wanted them to be presented to her, if they were on hangers or not. And, of course, I lost the notes. It was just a frantic week. And um, Well, you had told us that you had tried the clothes on, so yep. you had had Most two of racks. It. Yeah. it sounded like you were in, it, in good shape. See, that's that's the logical, Mary. Uh-huh. But then as the, the deadline arrives, it's this panic. Okay. Now, the panics I've had in the past, are ten times worse than what I experienced. So they've diminished considerably. Um, Panics in the past were actually probably me pulling things out of the grouping, like I can't part with this yet. Or me almost in tears because I'm putting it in the group. And um, this panic was more just running out of time. And um, I... I've never met this lady. I've never been to her shop, so I wasn't sure what she wanted. But 
there were certain items I had gut feelings that she'd love. I don't know why. I just had this gut feeling. And that's what kept me going. And it, I'm kind of one of these all or none. And if I'm going to go to an appointment, I'm going to make it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to um, offend her, but I also don't want to um, wimp out. So it's kind of these little pressures I put on myself. And so, yes, I was gung-ho. I had 200 items, but there were still items in there that I was, hmm, do I really want to let that go? And I thought I would have time before the appointment to decide that. Well, invariably what happens is I don't have the time, and then I have to just make a, a quick decision, which is actually what you should do all the time. You should just make a quick decision because it's your decision. And why why um, dance around it? But hoarders can't do that. They can't make quick decisions. It's, it's, that's the whole thing that right. stops us. But it has to be something where there's, a, there's something bigger and better. So the bigger and better was this hope that this would be a good connection. So I threw things in there in my car that I was still on the fence about and I thought maybe I'll take a picture when I get there I didn't have any space on my phone to take pictures you know it's just all these things going on and I was doing pretty well and then I got a call from my dad who I'm telling you the timing he has on things are it's it's comical and uh, he wants to talk about how he's feeling dizzy and that um, uh, he doesn't know what to do, and I convince him to have the nurse on staff come and check him out, and then he calls back. You know, all this time I'm trying to get stuff in the car, and um, turns out the nurse wants him to go to urgent care, mm. and I'm like, why Why does this stuff have to happen? At the same time, I'm like, good, then I don't need to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I have an excuse. But this fear of not doing it was larger than the fear of letting it go. Hmm. So I was like, darn nabbit, I'm not going to miss this. So I called the, the lady, and she wasn't there. It was another woman. And I said, what, are the, what would be the possibility of me postponing the or moving the appointment later to the day, later in the day or the next day? And I couldn't call her until 3 o'clock to find this out. And that's the time where I'd have to leave the house to be on time to her appointment. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I figure out there's an appointment that I can get my dad into a real doctor at 345. So obviously I'm going to miss this 4 o'clock appointment. And I just kind of leave it up to whatever's supposed to happen. And I load my car as if I'm going to see her. And I go and find my dad and chisel him a space for him in the car. I mean, this car was packed. <laughs> we were 20 minutes late for the doctor's appointment, but we got in. They took us, and it turned out to be a good appointment. But what's really kind of interesting how this all happened is then Dad got to go with me to this appointment. Okay. Which my dad is having some memory issues, and he's kind of not himself, and he's kind of confused. But he rose to the occasion, and he had a he had a good time. And we walked into this place. And um, met this woman, and she was very kind. And um, I explained to her I brought weird stuff and good stuff. Don't be offended by my weird stuff. I hope you like my good stuff, but 
I'm kind of channeling it through you, and what you say no to, I can give to Goodwill, and then that's it. And so she went through all 200 items. So you did bring 200? I did. Okay. And Good for you. I know. It was shoes. It was um, some purses, um, ties, and um, clothing. And she went through each item, and she picked out enough. It was it was such such fun. She picked out items that I didn't know if she'd really laugh at or not, and she loved things that were over the top, mm-hmm. which I had a plenty of. And um, she called them rad, which I thought were like the coolest words to hear. And and um, I was it was such an interesting moment because in this. My favorite two, I had like four items that were like, mm, I don't know if I want to give them away. But I knew I was not wearing, I can't wear them. I don't wear them. And one was this puffy, quilted, vintage jacket with these beautiful buttons that I've always loved. And and she didn't really know what it was. She kind of picked it up like, what's this thing? And then she put it on. Hmm. I got a picture of her with it on. And it looks fabulous. And I'm like, well, I obviously know what's wrong with it. I'm too short. And she's tall and thin, and it was perfect on her. Okay. And it never looked good on me. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'll show you the picture. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have it with me. It's on my iPad because, of course, I ran out of space on my iPhone. But I, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because this is highly significant. Um, when I was in high school, I went through a... A time where I felt very, very, very unloved and unlistened to, to the point where I ran away. Like, mm-hmm. packed my stuff, walked down the street, and my friend picked me up. She didn't want to pick up in front of the house because we didn't want them to know who it was that picked me up. And I was gone for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Long story there. But Dad heard me. I mean, he heard my cry and met up with me and was concerned that I was wearing his overcoat that was ripped and destroyed. But at the time, that was really in. Mm-hmm. It was way too big for me. It was a, a cashmere black coat. I looked like a bum. And he hated that. And so he, his way of showing love for me was to buy me this leather, this Berman's leather gray full-length coat. And I loved it because he bought it for me. Mm-hmm. And... To me, I really wanted black because that was like my color, but he wouldn't buy me black. So it was kind of like a compromise, but I loved it anyway. And um, I've just not worn it. I don't wear it. It doesn't look that great on me. Probably did when I was a kid. That was one of the items that I brought. And so I handed it to the lady and I said, (laughs) this is the coat my dad bought me when I ran away from home. She just loved that. And she's like, I love to tell the stories when people are buying mm. the items. I will for sure pass that on. Oh, Mary. So it was And your dad was there. Right there. And oh, we, we my got a picture God. of him hold, what, her holding the coat and him being there. I should have had her put the coat on. And the only reason he's with you is because yeah. he had an incident. Right. He did go to the right. urgent care. I couldn't have. Okay, I couldn't that's have, just crazy. I know. I couldn't have that's planned crazy. it any better. It was awesome. And what did he think of that? Um, he was really, he, he's like, I remember that. And, and he was, he, he, I think he was surprised I was letting it go, but it wasn't like you shouldn't let that go. It was like, wow, Mary. Cause even in his 
you know, mental capacities right now where he's in and out of remembering things, he recognizes the struggles that I'm going through and he feels really bad that he's, you know, not able to help me. But part of it is because I don't want him helping me. Mm -hmm. So he really recognized the significance of me letting that go. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was the, like, if you call it like the perfect storm, it was like so perfect. Mm -hmm. And it felt so good. So she went through my stuff. She loved my stuff. She laughed at some of my stuff, and she bought $150 worth of it. Mm. And I was really pleased with how little I brought back. I did bring quite a few shoes back, but I had a feeling she wasn't going to want the shoes. Um, There was one pair that I thought in particular she loved, and she died over them. So you were right. Your instincts were right. Everything that I thought, I had this, this is my other thing I have to describe. I had this... So think of a stuffed animal about three feet long with a zipper on it and straps, and it was turned into a purse. It was a purse all along, so it wasn't like someone created this. But it's a purse where you're walking around and it looks like a dog with feet and the nose and everything. And she laughed so hard, and it was worth it just for that. Mm, mm-hmm. And so she loved my weird stuff, and, and that's what's awesome. I haven't found anyone who loves my weird stuff. So I have a lot more to give her. And I can't wait. It'll be fun. Good. I know. <laughs> I know it. Oh, I mean, I don't care who you are. People like to find good homes for their things. Right. Right. A lot of things. Not everything. There's some things that is a big deal. Right. Whatever. Get rid of it. But there's there's a, enough of those things that hoarder or not a hoarder mm-hmm. to be able to give it to someone who can appreciate it. For whatever reason, we really, really love that. Right. It doesn't feel like a waste. Right. Or it's, if it is an extension of yourself in some way that it's living on and appreciated. Wow, that sounds like a great um, start. Yes. Of things for you. So just curious, when you say you brought 200 items, how many items did she take? Well, I, I was trying... I was trying to go back in my mind and think about what she took, and I actually made like a little list of things I remember going. And I think she took about only about 35 or 40 items. Oh, okay. Actually, if you counted each tie, it might have been 50 or 60. I don't know. Right. But I mean, as far as big items. Um, so it wasn't, you know, a huge amount considering I still had like 200 right. to gauge. But she took obnoxious things that I didn't know what to do with. And that mm-hmm. was what was good. I mean, things that I loved but didn't know where it should go. Mm-hmm. So she, of the items she took, she took the, the... I mean, like, I just had really odd 80s things, like a 80s silk sport jacket from... Um, I can't, I almost, Forenza. Do you remember Forenza? Yeah. It was totally an 80s gold sport. It's ugly. Ugly and cute. And she, how she said it, it, these things are so ugly, they're cute. I'm like, exactly. That's exactly. Like a pug. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Except I don't agree. Sorry, pug lovers out there. (laughs) They are. It's because you get to know their personality. Mm -hmm. But, um, so that was really. It was it was it was like a therapy for me, and I hugged her afterwards. I just said thank you so much, and she's interested in 
I have some vintage purses and stuff, and I just can't wait. I'm actually, it's really strange, but I can't wait to bring them to her. You can't wait to bring them to her. <laughs> Yay! I know. Do you have another appointment? I haven't made it yet just because I'm in the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, and my goal, because I have a tendency to go for the fun and leave the bad, um, my goal is to load the truck up, my husband's truck up, with goodwill with all the stuff from the aftermath, and then start fresh. What I've been tending to do is just, I'm just kind of piling the goodwill and not dealing with it, and mm-hmm. I need to really deal with it. Mm-hmm. So that's where the anxiety is right now, is mm-hmm. dealing with the goodwill. Do you have a goodwill that you like? Yeah, I like to go to ARC or St. Vincent de Paul. Yeah, I guess we use goodwill kind of yeah, generically. Sorry. It isn't generic. Well, I just did it. Um, it is It is its own brand right um right so i do go to goodwill as well but for some reason i feel a connection to arc yeah i i, I gave agree. a lot to them and um i like their little boutiques that they do um i haven't been into the new goodwills lately just because i can't go in there right I, but i from the outside i love their little displays and stuff so there's that would be enticing too you know um a lot of the stuff i have is so strange though that I think of ARC as someone who can handle it. What mm-hmm. they don't want, they have sources that they give them to. Um, I guess Goodwill can handle it too. But I'm just kind of, I, I, I don't know why I do this, but I'll think of, am I burdening someone? And I have some places that will take um, ripped or stained clothing and mm-hmm. turn them into things. And so I do keep that kind of in mind when I'm giving it away. So... Um, I have a lot of weird scrap material and stuff that has to go to one person, and then the rest of the stuff has to go to, go to Goodwill, and I just have to just do it. Mm-hmm. So, I would say you can't come over until I get that stuff done, because <laughs> that's what's it's 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 really a big snag right now. And like right before I left to come here, I took them all out of the the bins. That I had them in and and dumped them on my bed. So when I go home tonight, I have to deal with them. So why did you take them out of the bins? Um, I'm kind of excited because with all the stuff that's left the downstairs bedroom, I can start bringing stuff down there that should be down there. Mm-hmm. But I want them in bins because um, I'm not. I, I think in categories, and I'm not. Work. I, I put things in bins that I'm not dealing with. It kind of squelches them. Squelches mm-hmm. some yelling. And it's the season's changing, so I was able to put summer stuff in bins, and it just it it's kind of a like I'm doing a big Rubik's cube move right now. <laughs> yes, it, that's a very good description. <laughs> so that was a big big yeah. twist of the of the Rubik's cube, mm-hmm. and what it does, I do these little things where I I'm putting I'm setting a carrot, so I'm excited about regaining space downstairs by what I got rid of. Mm -hmm. Yet I have created more of chaos upstairs because that's where I was gathering it for this appointment. So since the aftermath has been um, kind of all upstairs, I'm trying to to take the things that that aren't part of this aftermath and put them elsewhere so that I can kind of focus. This has to do with having a small house. And... um, we recently, my husband recently, just in the last week or so, um, rented a, or I should say leased a car, 
And the beauty in that is that now the truck gets to stay home. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start using that as my collection spot. Mm-hmm. So I'm, so, I'm really excited about this because then I can say this box is packed and it's in the truck. And once it's there, I can unload it. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But it's this, this mix, remixing it right. is what's, where I spin my wheels. So this is actually a pivotal thing. What we're onto right now is that I have a truck that I can put stuff in and then go haul it away. It's really cool because um, he's such a minimalist that he wouldn't let me put it in the even the back of the bed. He won't drive around with it. Mm. <laughs> wow. I have some constraints I work within. <laughs> yes, you do. And that's just really, he has really clear boundaries. Oh, gosh, yeah. With stuff that is. It's hard. Hard and kind of impressive. It's impressive, but um, I used to I really get free. mad at him. Yeah. I'd be, be like, you're not on my side. Why aren't you helping me? But um, I understand. <laughs> that was going to be his one clean space. Yeah, that's his uh-huh. sanity. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. Well, he's learning patience, right? He has. I'm teaching him. I'm his best teacher. <laughs> Well, it sounds like that was a really, um, a really good beginning. I think I already said that. Um, I'm trying to wrap up here is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to do. And I'm, I'm really excited to hear when you can go back again and hear, more importantly almost, how quickly you can turn right. the, re- the aftermath. There we go, the aftermath yeah. around. Um, because I, in my own um, efforts at growth, I can feel like I'm doing the same shit over and over and mm-hmm. over again. But if I notice that it's taking me a little less time to notice it and do the what I want to do instead of what I just did, uh, then I see that as progress. Right. I can't always... Well, I can't. Who can? Um, catch everything and not say stupid stuff and want to take things back. And Why did I do that? But right. if I notice it quicker... Then I feel like, well, okay. Right. There was some growth. Right. So if you can turn this aftermath around faster than you did before, right. because of whatever reason, epiphany, better process, the pickup truck, you know, mm-hmm. pick part of that process, then then you're getting somewhere. Yeah, and, and I want to mention why that's such a big um, pivotal point. It's because I kind of have this thing about um, if I take like let's say i take a box that's supposed to go to go to goodwill and put it in the garage i'm pretty sure i'm going to forget about it and so i like to keep things in my way or else they'll never leave so it's kind of hard to do when you're in a house full of stuff but it's so easy to just put it in the garage and forget about it and i don't want creatures to get since it's clothing i don't want anything mm-hmm. to go happen to it and i don't want to hand it to goodwill with with something wrong with it so it's in the protection of the house so what what's what's happening here is if i can get through this aftermath which is probably if i'm estimating like think of a large tub it's probably four or five large tubs worth of clothing that's going away that's a significant amount of stuff and it's also it's 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 changing my focus because i will have more space and if I start can if I can stop spinning my wheels with the clothing and actually have the space to work in 
the rest of it's going to go faster. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just because I've been teeter tottering, I guess. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just without any space, you can't get anything done. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a pivotal point where the space is being created right now. Good. We'll keep chatting, see how the progress continues or stalls. (laughs) Right. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And that ends today's Chronicle. It's not a show without the music and engineering magic of Michael Koppelman. Find out more on his website at lowlife.com, L-O-L-I-F-E dot com. Thanks to you for listening, for being part of this conversation, and supporting our work. We really appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter at ClutterCron, as well as on our Patreon site. We hope to see you again to find out what happens next on Clutter Chronicles.